We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Wombo Combo Podcast. I'm Brick CBK, as always, joined by BSJ. And we are back with another episode here to talk about some good old Dota. And we uh, we definitely have some fun stuff to talk about today, so looking forward to a solid show, goes without saying. But first things first, of course, BSJ, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Uh, it sounds like you, you said you had a bit of a cough as well. I just got a little something going, so it's, you know, just chilling but i've been talking a lot and it's not getting any worse so i guess you know i just continue with my job as normal but uh all things are good here just just living through life at home <laughs> which is honestly not all that bad but uh right. just it's a little weird to get used to you know going out on the highways seeing seeing them all empty and stuff so uh, yeah there's a lot of positives you know and so i think today we're kind of being a little more lighthearted and uh as well as um things that are good to talk about so that's like for me the the positive edge of everything that's uh going on right now yeah it, it's, it's an interesting time to be a gamer to say the least you know this is a, a good gamer life uh, as far as the whole quarantining goes and staying at home and everything so uh it's I, i've been out here and there once in a while to get groceries or whatever but my wife it kind of hit me the other day she's actually she hasn't left the house really uh to go anywhere for a little more than a week and just like thinking about that is kind of crazy but wow that's obviously what, what, what a lot of people are doing right now uh you know yeah. with the whole staying indoors so um, yeah, we're here as uh, as part of the you know to hopefully take your mind off everything going else uh, elsewhere in the world and uh, focusing on on Dota, of course, uh, and that's uh, that's what we got here today. So, 
Um, with that in mind, a couple of things that we plan to go over. Obviously, there was a bigger patch that came out last week, uh, the day after. In fact, we did uh, last week's podcast at uh, patch 7.25. So certainly uh, some stuff to go over there and give our takes in terms of focusing more on the competitive side of it and how it may have impact. But uh, definitely going to be interesting talk there. Uh, and then, you know, some fun discussion we figure we, we, we may have. Uh, kind of thinking back, as, thinking about being that a patch just came out, not necessarily uh, – that this is a broken patch by any means, but there, there's been a lot of broken, uh, broken stuff that's happened in Dota and the many patches that we've had. So maybe reminiscing a little bit uh, in some old stuff that's taken place throughout the Dota years, uh, for good or for bad, <laughs> when it comes to some broken changes. So that that should be fun, actually. So looking forward to that later on. But uh, before we get to that discussion, uh, I do want to kick it off with the the We Play charity event, or as they're calling it, the We Save charity play. Pretty clever stuff right there. Uh, off the bat, of course, th- this tournament, all uh, all the all the proceeds that is made for the tournament, as well as even the prize pool on top of that, it's going towards a charity. It's going towards a good cause. Uh, so really awesome stuff, obviously, about We Play to put this event together, and they managed to get you know some of the really the top teams in Dota 2. We're talking about Team Secret, OG, Liquid, uh, Enigma, VP, Navi, all these big-name teams. Uh, of course, not a whole lot else is going on right now, so <laughs> I guess it kind of makes sense, but uh, definitely uh, giving their time to participate in this event and uh, quite the quite the ambitious efforts, but but certainly uh, really cool that, they, uh, that they're willing to do this. But uh, BSJ, have you been following any of the the we save tournament so far what, what's your take on um it? i've been watching some of the games i haven't really been paying attention to you know who's ahead or even like what the format is necessarily for determining a winner i'll be honest with you i'm pretty clueless about that but i've been watching some of the games uh i even got to have the privilege of just standing in for a best of three yesterday uh between eg and business associates <laughs> uh, business associates was the full roster and then eg had Ryoya standing in for abed and bulba standing in for uh ramses so a lot of the rosters as you said people have just kind of been subbing out it's not really a tournament a lot of teams are taking seriously in the sense of their roster uh as well as uh the fact that you can tell they're they're trying you know it's not like the teams are just dicking off in these games but uh it does seem like a lot of teams are just like hey player you know arteezy what do you want to play this game you know, yeah. kind of thing, and that, so it's it's a different take on watching good players, and I've I've been enjoying it myself, and I haven't been more so watching it for the sake of analyzing on a professional level or sure. be like you know what teams are looking good. It's more so just about the fact that we get some Dota, we get some fun production. I think the the panel with Kyle hosting and everything has been really funny to watch. Uh, overall, I've just it's just some Dota, you know, it's something to pass the time. And I, I really like what they've been doing with it. Uh, for the most part, from what I understand, you know, all the talent coming in, in terms of like standing, like a lot of Lear Golden Eye casting, it's all just people pitching in to a good cause, you know. Uh, so it's kind of cool like that, where it's the communities coming together and just doing a little something, something for what we can do for, you know, the efforts to help uh, fight the coronavirus and everything going on. So. I think when you see streams like awesome games done quick and all that kind of stuff, and you see the support that the gaming community gives, uh, it's not, it's there, you know, like the, the support from the gaming community is, is there in general. And I think it's cool to see that the Dota community is trying to do its part as well. Something I don't think I've seen too often. Uh, and that's, that's been the highlight for me watching this whole thing. So 
Yeah, knowing that this is going to, to a good cause, like you said right there, help us support, you know. Uh, which, by the way, on that note, I don't know if they've actually 100% officially announced the charity yet. Uh, that was one thing. Uh, oh, it looks like they have actually now. Uh, CEPI and Global Giving Fund. So, um, yeah, they both obviously are big on finding new vaccines and everything for uh, diseases in general, let alone COVID-19, uh, it looks like from, from the quick glances right here. So obviously, yeah, it's a very, very good cause uh, in terms of uh, what this event is for. And yeah, you kind of dabbled on a little bit. There's obviously been other charity events out there in the gaming world uh, with the, the, the speed running specifically has been very successful, literally raising millions of dollars for some of these charities. Um, it, is, it is cool to see Dota as part of that. And, and again, just seeing also kind of a different take to an extent, but the embrace that a lot of just non-typical esport viewers in general have been paying attention and realizing what esports is now, right? Because obviously with all the canceling of traditional sports and everything, people are kind of swaying a little bit more. Okay, well, let's check out this online thing. And the greatest example of this already, we, we've talked about it even last week's show where NBA teams are literally playing each other in NBA 2K against one another uh, to kind of make up for their games as far as their, what they would be playing in real life. Uh, and just yesterday, in fact, I think on Sunday, in fact, uh, Dota's very own Red Eye, uh, he was participating in a Formula One race that actually... I saw that. Yeah, it incorporated literal Formula One drivers driving with uh, personalities there, you know, whoever in the esports world, such as Red Eye, uh, they were partnering together and and literally driving as if it was a serious race. And it kind of gives you a glimpse almost into the future of what may be uh, in terms of a lot of these ev- the evolution of esports. I guess not that we're going to become traditional sports by any means or take over uh, that to, to say anything ridiculous like that right now. But it really I don't is think that's cool. too ridiculous. By I, the way. I'm not saying it's happening right now, yeah. but let's just envision, you know, 40, like 25, 50 years from now, our generation who's now raising kids who are probably heavily invested in, you know, YouTube, gaming, everything. This is just a glimpse, I think. I'm not saying that this is going to have some sort of impact, but I think this is a nice, sure. what you said is it's a, it's a good glimpse of what's going to, the world may look like in some capacity. I think it's going to become more uh infused and embedded in normal everyday culture including sports so we'll see a lot of crossovers we'll see a lot of you know intermingling everything between the personalities the players a lot of play a lot of professional athletes love to play games and a lot of gamers love to just play sports on the side so i think it's kind of a really cool overlap that we'll see more and more and this is a perfect opportunity for the active world you know the people who leave the house a lot to be forced to interact with our world you know, <laughs> on, a, on a more significant level so i didn't mean to interrupt you there but no. uh, i just want to be clear I, I think it's really cool that we're already seeing a bit of it almost forcibly but it, it's something i think is inevitable either way Absolutely. So circling back to, again, with the whole We Save event, I suppose, in that it, it, it's even extra awesome that they're putting on this event right now where all these eyes are starting to look into the esports scene more than normally would. And more than people. Like, I literally had a convo with my mom today, and my mom knows what esports is, obviously, from what I do to an extent. But she was even starting to say, like, yeah, I, I'm hearing on the news now and getting some of my friends that have never really heard about it before. They were asking about it, like, wait, doesn't your son do something in esports? Because they're, they're all the 
of a sudden their <laughs> eyes and ears are being open to <laughs> to what it is now. So the fact that we place putting this on and, you know, if people happen to come across a Dota 2 event and, you know, this big charity event, obviously really cool to see because uh, there there are so many positives when it comes to, as we know, obviously, with the, uh, with the eSports world. Uh, yeah, another interesting take on that real quickly is the Olympics actually just – from what I've seen, from what I read, just got postponed as of today until next year. Yeah, so, I mean, it's crazy. You, you yeah, got I mean, the whole world is just getting delayed by a, <laughs> you know, a year plus. It's, it's pretty nutty. Like, what's going to happen with TI? What's going to happen with everything yeah. this year? You know, what if it lasts until March next year? What's going to happen to the Super Bowl? You know, like, or even if it lasts till August, what's going to happen to the professional football season? You know, like, the, yeah. there's all types of things that it's just like when we look back on this, you know, 20 years from now. We're just going to see like a blip, <laughs> you know, yeah. like a, a blip in U.S. history or like in the history of the world where every event, every sports event, everything that requires people to gather is just not existing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a no, no. It's 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 something it's kind of cool, like, you know, ignoring the fact that all the negatives to it but like to, <laughs> to think to think how much the world is on the same page when it comes to something like this. I mean, sure. like everyone has to react with it. We're, we're all the same. You know, I like, that's what I mean is we're all going through the same thing. We're all going through it together. And it's a mark on the history of the world that affects everybody. And I don't think there's very many things that fit that description. So yeah. I think that's kind of, that's kind of cool in a negative, but positive, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, global disease, really cool. It's cool know? for the wrong reasons. I think yeah, is a good way to put it. Obviously this is not something we wished something. to happen, but yeah. exactly. That, that is a really good point. The fact that, you know, outside of the Olympics of these, all these countries coming together, that's what makes the Olympics so special in a lot of ways. Of course, uh, yeah, you really don't have the countries all, we're all dealing with this together. So you are right. That unity to an extent is certainly being felt, uh, felt out there so uh and yeah so anyways uh yeah it could go many different places with all that but point is uh the we save event it is still running i believe it goes through the 26 it looks like yeah so it'll go through this weekend so or i guess this thursday even so um we'll find out you know all the results from there and yeah the format it's it's pretty simple really it, it it's just of course they can't cross region in a lot of ways they do have European and CIS playing together uh, and ultimately going to be competing against each other in the finals. But outside of that, all the regions are playing in their individual brackets and then uh, to, to claim uh, being champion of that region, I guess you could say. So uh, that is going on. Uh, what, one note on this, uh, they get, as always, the production top notch when it comes to we play the the whole uh studio it's, it's very science theme which makes a lot of sense you know the idea yeah. of researching and uh trying to figure out a, a vaccine whatever it may be uh it, it's a real really cool theme that they're going with i will say i was a little surprised to see the whole st uh most if not all the casters there in person at the studio that that threw me off a little bit um, the more I thought about it, you know, obviously you know, taking care and making sure they're following, you know, the whole distancing as much as they can, watching it, blah, 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 you know, it's fine. But I just hope for their sake when it comes to traveling, because, again, things are just getting crazy as the days go on that, uh, you know, able once this is all over, able to get back home. But um, I'm sure that'll be fine. But that was one thing that kind of threw me off a little bit there. But, uh, again, the production. The positive is Kyle much. doesn't really have a home. So <laughs> That's true. He doesn't have to find anywhere to go. You know, he, he, he 
He's told me he he actually wouldn't mind living in Kiev. He thinks Kiev is one of the best places to live in the world because it's like a central hub in a lot and of ways. And it's also which, super cheap. I mean, that's yeah. like, like on top of everything else that he's you know he would praise about Kiev, all of Russia and stuff is very cheap, uh, cost of living wise compared to the rest. I, I just mentioned it jokingly, but he is pretty much you know, uh, what do you call those? Uh, what like people ambassador. Who, not in, like people who just roam the world with no home. Like, uh, like what do you? I'm thinking. Oh. Like he just <laughs> he just goes about place to place, you know, the based on where, like yeah, the globe is fine. Like just somewhere he just goes place to place based on where the world needs him, sure. and he ends up finding a, a nomad. Thank nomad, you. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. A nomad. Thank you, chat. That's what that's what chat's here for. Yeah, he's just a nomad of sorts where right? he's just like, yeah, okay, I guess I'm going to be in Asia for the next four months. Okay, I guess I'm in Kiev. Yeah. Uh, it's very funny to hear about his lifestyle. It's very unique, very fascinating. He's, I mean, he's a cool guy, obviously, but uh, I just made the joke because I don't know how many people actually know that about Kyle. Like, I don't know how many people are aware that he's like that. It's not because he's like broke or anything. He just chooses. He's like, hey, if I'm going to be at events eight months of the year, why am I going to have a home? Why would I pay for a place to live when I can just kind of jump from from spot to spot, see the world? You know, how yeah. how, how often do you get to do that? So he, he was a player back in the Han days that you could tell absolutely embraced the fact that he was – lucky enough to be able to travel as a result of playing the game and you know being successful at it uh thailand specifically like for the events that we had out there he he and a couple other teammates like chessy i want to say one of the times you know they, they would actually just stay for an extra two weeks literally just two weeks just hanging out in thailand after the event was over uh just because so uh yeah he, he's absolutely that kind of guy definitely agree there I, me personally I, i'm the kind that you know it's nice to see the plays once the event's over i don't mind getting back but um Definitely uh, unique in that sense when it comes to exploring there. So, but yeah, I'm sure that'll all be fine. It was just like I said, it was one thing that was like, wait a second, <laughs> with everything going on right now, I almost expected. I guess it was going to be a you know global broadcast uh, kind of deal. But just trying to be more lighthearted about all the subjects. You know? Sure. Uh, uh, who cares if they can't get home if they don't have one? Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just I will say. The, the, the bit that I've been watching, too, that they've actually had some segments as well where they're, like, reminding people, you know, how to wash your hands and, you know, really make sure you, you, you take this seriously as far as the keeping space from one another, the distancing. Did you see so. the Dota parody of them, like, you know, saying you can all these types of things that relate cleanliness and hygiene to Dota. And then they're like, you can even look to pick heroes with natural masks like Juggernaut. And <laughs> I didn't Temple see that. Assassin. No. And that, that clip was really, it was like a two minute segment, like a health service announcement from Kyle, <clears throat> as well as, as well as lizard where they're just like, you know, make sure you don't take five on five teammates or team fights, you know, practice, distancing and it's all like tying every bit of advice to dota and it's, it's really funny but, yeah uh, i thoroughly enjoyed that point of this is we play needs a major next season they yeah, they I mean, absolutely really deserve job. it they really do and there's only three majors right i guess next season there's only three events really the land events so as of now uh that's true uh, yeah <laughs> there's a maybe uh, gonna be three we're, we're speaking uh we're all i think that's kind of just knowing at this point we're always speaking in a as of now this is how things yeah. stand ti10 is in sweden as of now yeah, yeah as of now that's that's crazy man crazy times uh so yeah so definitely continue to check that out guys uh throughout the week again thursday it looks like gonna be the final day there uh you mentioned a, a couple of roster 
substitutes happening here and there. One that I that stood out to me, actually a couple, uh, Sumail actually playing position five for OG in their match because Madara and Seb were standing in for Thompson and mid one who uh, were unable to play in the event. So uh, Sumail, I guess, just stepped up and played position five. So. It's kind of funny to see, but this is a player that when the support and uh, core were ranking separately, he actually held number one position at a time in both. So I'm sure he could play it just fine, although it's, it's unique. Um, I mean, Samuel's just a really mechanically gifted, really knowledgeable player now. And I've realized that the better and better you get, like my last two years or so, I've spent a lot of time in pubs, you know, branching out to other roles. And it's pretty significant how once you see Dota as a whole picture, how much easier it is to kind of just step into a role, at least for a casual tournament like this. And he's obviously steps above me uh, in regards to his de- Dota knowledge. So I-, I wouldn't fear him not being able to perform as a support. You know, as a carry, you know what you want. You know, you know what each hero needs in lane. You know what they're going to do in the game. And that's a lot of the knowledge that it takes to play support. So now that he's already moved from mid to carry... Uh, I just think it becomes easier and easier to just jump from roll to roll. As long as you're not doing it all the time. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Uh, but Sumail's definitely one of the top tier players in the entire world. So I I, I think it's cool that he's having a little bit of mixing it up yeah. for, for an event like this. Opportunity there. I, I Not to dampen that, but again, it was a, it's a single elimination event. They did lose to Team Liquid 2-0, so <laughs> they are now out. But, you know, right. he, he had, the, had fun there. Uh, Ana also making his appearance this season playing for TNC. He actually was a stand-in for them. Of course, I believe Ana is in Australia right now, where he's from. So playing in the Southeast Asia region and uh, stepping in for TNC to play in place of Gabby, uh, who wasn't able to make it. Uh, again, TNC ended up losing their series uh, to Adroit 2-1, to but it's, it's kind of cool, you know, seeing a name like Ana obviously make an appearance uh, as well throughout the season in a charity event. So yeah, a couple of standouts there from the event uh, on top of, again, it's still going on. So check it out, guys. If for whatever reason you haven't yet, it'll be going on through uh, through this Thursday, it looks like. With currently no NBA, NHL, MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports, esports, events, and games to wagers on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertaining betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit BetOnline website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Okay, uh, moving on to the patch, patch 7.25. Speaking of uh, the WePlay Band, of course, has been playing on this patch. I've already getting to see a little bit, excuse me, a little bit in play uh, in terms of uh, some tournament environment goes, but... 7.25 it was a, a decent sized patch i think you could say it's not the biggest patch you've ever had but certainly i would call it more of a, a medium patch medium to large patch uh plenty of balance changes a lot of tweaks on uh, between the, especially on the items but uh worth going over and taking a look and seeing uh what changes maybe having some decent impact on the competitive scene so figure we'll start with the the general updates and what we're looking at there um, any anything in the general updates that uh, that stood out to you initially? Uh, yeah, initially 
I uh, the change in ore items in the early game where they don't give stats anymore. They're all about you know buffing up your teammates and applying to your lane. We pretty much see five positions and four positions buying headdress every single lane. Um, I think it's defining the meta in the sense that a lot of four positions that were prior like Nyx assassins and tinies are now turning into these ranged heroes that just want to buy a headdress and buff up their offlaner. Um, a lot of the carries that are good right now in response, since they have five positions with headdresses, are ones that just want to sustain. So we're seeing, you know, Wraith Kings going 0-4-4 um, on terms of their skill build. We're seeing Spectres, who got her base HP regen buffed up, and because of the way Dispersion works, she's getting, you know, extra value out of every health point. We're seeing Necro books on heroes like Spectre that can't farm because of that item buff. Uh, <laughs> those are, like, the major changes I'm seeing. Is It's just a heavy sustain meta the only two options are heroes that win the sustain battle or heroes that just kill you. There's really no hmm. in between there. If you're a hero that harasses a lot, I've learned it's pretty impossible to harass a specter with a chin with a headdress. Like, there's no amount of harass I can do to out harass an 8 HP regen specter. People are even considering buying Ring of Tarrasque, like first item, because it's only 600 gold and it gives four and a half health regen. And then, you know, after the first wave or two, they're flying out Quelling Blades and Tangos. Uh, heroes that just poke you down don't seem good right now. It's either heroes that kill you like Ursa or heroes that just, you know, sustain throughout the lane. I think wave clears become even more important because there's a lot of summons heroes that are super popular because of the buffed necro book. So I've, I've felt rough if I'm an offlaner that can't clear creep waves or like summons because, you know, I just get a Wraith King in my lane and I get right clicked by five skeletons and I'm like, I'm dying to skeletons. This guy's not even hitting me. Uh, you know, this kind of stuff. So I think that's been the major impact on the meta, exactly how it's going to turn out, you know, in a matter of a couple weeks, how much of an impact maybe just nerfing headdress would have. Uh, I think if they were to nerf one thing, if it would headdress, it would have the most drastic impact on everything. It's determining how, like what safe laners are good because supports are buying it. It's determining what supports are good because you have supports that can buy it and still function with like low mana items. You know, you don't you don't have these liches with six mangoes anymore. You have, you know, a five position that just throws out harass efficiently and then maybe ferries out a couple clarities or whatever. Uh that that's the interesting part to me. Uh they already nerfed, you know, they came out with the 7.25A with like Ursa getting nerfed, bounty hunter slight nerfs, like small nerfs like that. But none of the items got tweaked. So uh if headdress gets tweaked. Uh, that's going to change drastically what heroes are viable right now. But at the highest level, it's crazy. But if the opponent has a headdress and you can't do anything about it, your hero's just not good. <laughs> like it, Interesting. That's the sad reality. And there's a lot of heroes that are kind of blocked by that right now, I think. And if I had any complaints about this meta, I don't think there should be any item that's viable every single game by two heroes on every team. I don't think that that should be a dynamic that is acceptable so yeah. uh we'll end up seeing how that works out but uh other than that specifically i i really enjoyed a lot of the changes uh, a lot of the heroes that needed to get buffed got buffed a lot of the ones that got ner needed to get nerfed got nerfed uh there's a bit of a change in the meta in terms of we're not seeing all the same heroes we saw last patch uh that's that's primarily what i always enjoy about new patches is just seeing something different and uh i i like when they address problems that make heroes unenjoyable uh <laughs> perfect example is like weaver giving him base h base mana regen it's like that hero's most annoying thing is that 
he runs out of mana with Sakuchi. And it's like, it just makes the hero so boring because you have to fly out so many regen items. You have to itemize so much for regen. And now giving him some base mana regen makes it so he can uh, actually try to have some versatility in his like item build as well as the, the way he plays. It's like the same idea for Darkseer giving his surge base movement speed rather than percentage. He goes much better with heroes like with phase boots because that benefits from the, from the flat movement speed. Like these quality of life buffs to these heroes that just made them boring or like very niche was uh it's just not fun you know you don't want to pick them so uh i really have enjoyed that part of the patch i think they did a really good job of being like this hero is unenjoyable for this reason you know buff it so uh i it just shows me that valve and ice frog and all of them have been paying they still pay close attention to their game these are things that you wouldn't know if you weren't being really up to date, talking to people, playing yourself, uh, watching games, because they're just very, they require you to have a great understanding of, of these heroes in order to balance them properly. So, well, on, on that, I went on a long rant there, but over. <laughs> on that, on that note, uh, I, Dota 2 is continues to be in a very safe and a very good spot with Valve. And I say that because, I don't know if you saw an interview recently with uh, Gabe, with did Gabe it with and, yeah. IGN, I believe it was. Uh, and he was talking about a lot of things, obviously Half-Life Alex, Alexa, or no, not Alexa, Alex. Alex, yeah, I think it's Alex. <laughs> the one that came out today. Anyways, the VR game that came out today, aka Half-Life 3, as people are calling it. Uh, but they, they they talked about other things too, and, and he made a point about, you know, what what game do you really play right now? And it's just it's all dota baby like him and his son i guess is also a huge dota fan they just grind it so uh it, the big boss is a uh, big fan of the game still and uh don't don't see that changing so i think uh, i think dota 2 is certainly going to continue to get plenty of love there and as it has over time so um yeah interesting to hear about the the whole sustain idea that that'll be again when <laughs> tournaments you know do come back and whether it's online or whatever, but uh, gonna curious to see how that plays out because, as you know, as a spectator, that is a little concerning, I guess you could say, because it's seen. We we've been through many of different metas, like the illusion meta, for example, Phantom Lance or Terra Blade have been very popular. Those have been known to be somewhat boring times as a spectator, right? Or you know, just almost so much going on, it's kind of boring to watch. Where the sustained idea that you're talking about. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of kills potentially happening earlier on in the game, which could be uh, downside side effect of what uh, what this patch is bringing, specific with the head just changing as you're talking about there. So um, possible tweaks to come. I would not be surprised because uh, I know that you're not the first to bring that up either. I've heard, I've been watching several streams and and that's been brought up uh, pretty much every one I've tuned into in terms of uh, head just being pretty powerful right now. Um, focusing specifically on competitive play, change that, uh, you know, s seeing what the general changes there. Uh, this is a competitive change in the captain's mode now with how the bands work. Uh, it yeah, went from nutty actually. Yeah. The, changes. So the initially it's, it's always been three bands, two bands, and then one band, you know, with the picks in between. Now it's four bands first, and then the one band after, and then the one band late as well. So, uh, you get that extra band initially. Which, you know, in theory means you take away yet another hero that could be potentially more powerful. But I don't know. It's it, it's it is kind of curious to me because it could also have the the I could say the words the side effect of it could get a little repetitive once again 
if you don't have those later bands to kind of adjust how the draft is doing rather than up front. So uh, I guess that's my ultimate worry with having a, that extra ban initially here. Well, yeah, what I said is that uh, so when you had first pick, you got to pick and then they picked two heroes and then you picked and then you got to ban two heroes like to protect your your pick. Okay. I mean, like you, you could you could like second pick a morphling and then ban AA, you know, plus Y or something. And and you'd be able to have like a much more powerful second pick. And I think it makes the second pick there for first pick team worse. And then it makes the pick for second pick team coming out of the second ban phase much weaker because you would have been able to ban two heroes, then pick something that and like that would have had two hard counters or whatever. Um, so it's much more, I think, about uh, heroes that go well with your team rather than heroes that you could protect with bans. Like that's what I think it's it's going to change about the meta. I don't necessarily know if that means that it's going to become more stale. I think that's really hard to predict because I think having more heroes for each team banned at the start means that you can more so just focus on what that team does good in general, but it's hard to, even if they telegraph something later on in the draft, you know, there's just heroes in the game of Dota that naturally go well together. Uh, so meaning like if you pick Oracle third, uh, it could easily lead to a Huskar fourth. That's just like a basic example uh, those types of things are harder to stop because there's just less bands in, in the middle of all of this happening. So uh, it's kind of cool in that way where maybe we'll get more combinations that we haven't been able to see just because of the mid-round bands, but we'll see you know, more so bands being focused just on what teams are good at rather than reacting to what they've already picked. So it just comes down to how much that's going to affect things in the long run. My most curious thing... Uh, that I want to talk about is the rework to pub picking uh, that okay. obviously affects everybody. But uh, at the highest level, you don't get the 10th pick cheese people anymore. Um, yeah, you can like last pick Meepo. But what if that guy also just blind picked Shaker, you know, uh, and you just so like the way for me that it works now is it used to be that you had to worry about getting 10th pick Husguard Meepo Broodmother. Now, all you have to do is think, is there any cheese hero that's really good against my lineup? Make sure our fifth pick guy picks a good hero against that. And then it's impossible to get cheese. Because like in the past, say like you were ninth pick mid, mm -hmm. you would have to account for all of the <clears throat> possible counters in lane that would just shit on you. And if you're like, okay, what if they pick Brood? I have to be able to pick like Kunkka. But if I pick Kunkka, they're just going to Huskar me. You know, that kind of stuff um all you have to think about now is what hero is really good in the game for them just make sure my hero is not bad against that and i'm not going to get countered but what i mean by what's going to what's most curious to me is how that's going to affect competitive because you can't practice 10th pick cheesing people in pubs anymore like you can't practice it yeah so it's kind of interesting to me that how much of a dynamic that changed because in the past at least pubs were somewhat similar to competitive in the way the pick order went uh, but now they're not similar at all. Uh, we're kind of just going to see two offlaners picked at the same time, two supports picked at the same time. You're not going to see like their five get picked and then counter it with a five. You're not going to see their four <clears> get picked and then pick, counter it with a four. Um, now the dynamic of pub picking is way different than competitive. Uh, so I said, you know, it does affect the average player, but it also drastically affects the higher level players just because, you know, they'll get to play more random 
I will say that pub meta became very stale because yeah. if I pick offlane Beastmaster and the opponent offlane hasn't picked yet, he's almost certainly going to pick, you know, some hero like a Baden or Legion that's going to shield off or remove the roar. Like I would, you know, if I'm picking Slardar, same thing. It's like 80% of games, if I picked my offlane before the opponent offlaner, I'd be playing against the same damn offlaner. You know, like every, like obviously I'm not laning against that guy, but in terms of like team fights and stuff, it was the same thing over and over uh so it's just kind of interesting that i've already seen way more hero combinations and pubs than i did prior and i overall enjoy that more but it is perplexing that it doesn't resemble competitive pick order at all so <laughs> long yeah. rant there but i think it's a pretty drastic change it, on top of the fact that the extra ban was thrown into the first phase it, it, it is one of the most drastic changes for the dynamic of pubs and everyone playing well, How it works for them. and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but it does tie in somewhat with competitive play too, where it'll force more diversity for these players at the higher level, especially, and thus the idea that they may be playing more diverse heroes and that could open up their pool in the competitive aspect as well. I mean, that's why you play pubs in the first place as a pro player, right? The whole point is to yeah. practice and get better. So, And you uh, don't want to fucking lose. Excuse my French. So it's like, <laughs> exactly. you know, and, and pubs, you just can't pick certain heroes because – if snap by oh also they increased the number of bands in yeah. pubs they made it so it's guaranteed 10 heroes so it's like in the prior patch i'd see Snapfire 90 percent of games but now she's going to get banned if she's if people want her banned she'll be banned about half the games mm -hmm. so which means is like all the heroes that were bad against her were no longer viable and that just means that i couldn't even afford to experiment in pubs because i would just lose and that's not fun so i just wanted to clarify i totally agree with you that that versatility in pubs will also probably lead to it happening in pro dota just because people actually get the chance to experiment without just losing mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely always want to win so the idea of just picking what made sense is understandable but yeah a lot more opportunity now to pick those uh, off meta picks and make them become meta that's that's how it happens after all so half the time it's just because people don't know that, exactly like, they don't get the chance to try there's a lot of heroes in this game there's a lot of heroes in this game and it's it's hard to to really you know get a great feel on all these heroes and all these different scenarios you, you, that's why obviously theory crafting is absolutely a thing and that's why you have these coaches now for these teams and everything or ultimately that ideally is their job but unless you're able to just actually play it uh get the feel of it then it can only mean so much. So, yeah, you're right. It's that, That's when I, I, I did overlook personally a little bit myself, but that's, that's absolutely a great take on that. And, and certainly for the better, I guess the one to play devil's advocate a little bit, the one downside of this more so on the bands, there's, there's going to be people that are pissed off on the lower tiers, especially that just spam heroes like Invoker, Meepo, et cetera. Get like, over it's going to get banned every this game. Legal legends. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Gosh, darn it. I, I, it's. I'm not going to sit here and say I feel sorry for those people. But I'm sure there's, uh, there's You're definitely right, going to be that audience. So that, that's kind of one of the unfortunate side effects. I keep using that term there, uh, of this though. But yeah, overall, absolutely, I, I do like the idea of it. Certainly. Um, okay, so yeah, that's one of the general changes there. That again, this is a, a decent sized patch. You've talked a little bit about items, headdress specifically. Very powerful right now. Uh, another one that really stood out is uh, our lovable Town Portal scroll, something that everyone Ooh, buys many times yeah. a game, and things just got a little more interesting. I mean, 
almost doubling the cost of what it is. I mean, it used to be noticeable. It used to be seventy-five at a point, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe even seventy. Long now, time ago, it was one thirty-five. Then they moved that's to right. hundred. Then they moved it to seventy-five. Then they moved it to fifty. You know, it's like it's been getting cheaper every patch ever you know and so and made more expensive so now it's 90 though to that point they went from 50 to 90 uh yeah and as you were just saying right there again you've played a plenty since the patch so it it feels pretty impactful huh yeah it it really does especially on supports or if you're like an offlaner having a rough lane it's really noticeable uh that you just can't casually tp it's like my best example is if you're tping for farm and you're getting one creep wave it used to be that that TP cost about one creep. Now it costs two creeps. So okay. it's like that one creep wave you're TPing in a farm just to quickly push it out or whatever is, you know, worth two creeps instead of three because, you know, there's four creeps in a creep wave. So it's pretty drastic uh, in that sense if you're having a tough game. And I think it makes heroes that don't rely on TPing very much better. Like uh, heroes like Spectre and heroes like Nature's Prophet and heroes like Timber that kind of just sit in a lane. Heroes like Beastmaster that kind of just sit in a lane. I think it is a indirect buff to all of these heroes. And any hero that relied on Booza Travel because of that change, as well as heroes like supports that just want to TP react to ganks and stuff, they are worse. Like they're they're way worse. And heroes that especially don't have large income because you're you know you're trying to buy a 250 gold item like a windlace and before you needed 300 to get Windlace plus a TP. Now you need 340. It adds up a lot. Every yeah. time you're trying to buy a little item and you're leaving base or whatever, and you know you need to leave with a TP. Uh, it's happened to me several times already in the small amount of games I've, or, you know, in the limited amount of games I've been able to play where I want to buy an item and I only have 50 gold left over and I can't buy a TP anymore. And I'm like, oh, you know, this kind of sucks. I have to like fly myself a TP. Uh, or I have to decide to wait to get the item. It's pretty noticeable, and uh, it, I didn't. I, I saw it in the patch, and I thought, okay, that's like kind of a big change. But I didn't really realize how big of a change it is. And I think for anyone uh, listening or who's been playing, they will quickly realize if they have not already that it is one of the biggest changes of the patch for sure. Supports in general felt have felt like that they they definitely took a little bit of a hit this patch. I mean, you mentioned the headdress, like the headdress certainly is is helpful, but we just mentioned with the TP specifically. But really going through, there, there's definitely some other ones that are pretty noticeable as well. Um, Glimmer Cape, Glimmer Cape, the cast range reduced from 800 to 550. So you have to be All that these much save closer. items, yeah. All these, exactly. Four staff. staff, yeah. That's going to bring up next too. Another one that. Uh, getting that nerf right there as far as how close you have to be. So, uh, I mean, and there's buffs and other ones, sure, but uh, it's, it is interesting kind of looking through, and it, it feels like the, there's been a lot of we love support patches recently, and this one is kind of taken away a little bit as far as what they've done for supports uh, over time. But um, <laughs> this is another one that's, uh, again, a lot, a lot of these smaller items, but somewhat noticeable. Clarity. Clarity potions now, very interesting with how they work, too. It's went from 50 to 30 second duration, but the mana regen is increased from 4.5 to 6. So you kind of get this burst of mana that much quicker. Uh, so if you're playing a roaming support, especially something like a tusk, uh, whatever, that seems like that's quite a buff. It's indirect nerf to heroes that just use it to farm continuously. Sure. Um, especially ones that don't need the extra bit of mana regen, just like agility heroes or whatever. It's a buff to heroes like Storm that spam clarities to farm, but it can actually make use of that extra 
you know, two and a half or whatever mana regen per second. And it's also just an indirect nerf to mangoes because in the past, you'd mangoes were just way better because in lane, you never had time to use a full clarity to, to its effect. <clears throat> Uh, you know, mango costs 40% more than a clarity. So if you're not getting 40% more, if you're getting more than 40% more mana from a mango, you're just always going to buy mangoes. Like that's just yeah. how it is. You're, it just makes it so clarities were strictly worse than mangoes. But now in the landing stage, it's even more likely that you'll get the time to use the clarity to enough effect that it's worth buying. it. Um, so all those things I just mentioned, it seems like such a small change, but <clears throat> It's a significant rework of the item in terms of how often you buy it, what heroes buy it, what heroes are buffed by it. These little things add up a lot. Heroes that, you know, use TV scrolls more got nerfed. Heroes that use clarities the way they used to be got nerfed. And all all these changes, like if your hero got buffed or nerfed by all of these things, you could suddenly go from being not so great to pretty damn solid with no changes to the actual hero. So it's uh, it's just very fascinating to try to theorize how these changes affect the grand scheme of balance of Dota. Um, but it's really impossible until it just plays itself out. Cause you, as, as like a high level pub player, you kind of just play these heroes and you feel that they're just <laughs> bad or good. You know, you're just like, Oh, that felt really hard or that felt really easy. Despite the fact that I didn't play that hero perfectly or, or what have you. So uh, it just takes time and, uh, and uh, trial runs of every hero, and we'll eventually figure it out. Yeah, over time. Got to give it that time. And, uh, again, the patch just hit this last week, so plenty of time to figure it all out. Um, so, yeah, not to spend too much more time on, on the heroes there, or, excuse me, the items, um, but unless there's anything else that you really wanted to address here. I know you already no. mentioned the Necronomicon, too. So, yeah. Uh, heroes, obviously, again, a lot of heroes also getting uh, touched up quite a bit between buffs and nerfs uh right off the bat the the two ags and that was something interesting with the new heroes coming out the idea that they didn't have ags initially with everyone getting them was th threw people off including myself a little bit but they have finally introduced the ags and uh i think snapfire certainly got one, the more appealing one in terms of uh the, the fun factor you could say the new gobble up ability you can swallow an ally creeper hero and you literally spit them at the enemy uh deal some damage and whatnot so uh fun stuff there but uh hero changes in general what's What's a big one that really stood out to you? I mean, I just stood out the Ursa changes, the flat cannon change to gyro being half the cooldown, so you can just spam it for every creep wave. Um, what was the heroes that came to mind? Uh, I mean, even just like the Necrobook change affecting heroes like Beastmaster and Lycan. Uh, I think <clears throat> it's really nice that they buffed up like the attacks beat or the attack backswings of heroes like Lena and stuff. A lot of quality of life on those type of heroes. That's made them a lot more appealing. Uh, like I said, the Weaver quality of life buff, the Sakuchi speed, Darkseer, the dark, the surge. Those are like my real breadwinners of the patch that just, you know, you look at their win rates, they all increased by three to 5% just because of these small changes. Mm -hmm. uh, Bounty Hunter seems super fun, if at all viable. I haven't gotten the chance to try him yet as like a one or a three just because they made his ags effectively steal gold with shuriken which means you can actually start racking it up pretty heavily in, in team fights and stuff i've seen a lot of pubs uh high tier pubs they've been running that position one quite a bit so that that's a curious uh, one there with the bounty hunter yeah we'll end up seeing uh i mean he's 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 a core now right he can't be played as support so it's whether or not he's actually good enough to be played core will be slowly but surely figured out but 
I, I've just, I, I think all the heroes that got nerfed by Boots of Travel being, you know, changed the way they are, like the yeah, Leshrax, the Batriders, those kind of got hurt a bit. But then all these other heroes that got these, like, huge buffs. I think the Gyro one blew my mind that they did that. I think um, the Ursa obviously got way overtuned. I said he was, like, the best red one of the patch. They already nerfed him, like I said. Um, but I, I'm just glad to not see so many Slardars and stuff anymore. <laughs> So heroes like that dropped drastically because they relied on crushing their lane early, and these like early headdresses are just so hard to chew through as these lane bulliers. So uh, it seems like every hero that naturally farms really well in the early to mid game has gone up in value. They made neutral items drop more often uh, at the early in the early game. So all those things combined, I just see these heroes that are mobile innately because of the nerf to teepees, the weavers and stuff, as well as the heroes that naturally farm, like the nature's prophets, are just better in general. So I like the buff to Silver Edge. That affected a lot of heroes. I think it made Timbersaw oh, yeah. a lot worse. It made Bristleback a lot worse. Mortal Strike. Yeah, the fact that it nerfed, uh, what is it, healing and regen or whatever. Um, the change to Wraith King was really good. Is that the Mortal Strike you were talking about? Well, no, that's sorry. Uh, the yeah, uh, Silver Edge Mortal Strike is the debuff. It's it's a wild term that I is that, that I go actually the debuff name? No, I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> it's just that's okay, what Mortal Strike just... was in World of Warcraft. It's it's a fifty percent oh, heal reduction. Okay, I was about to say because I'm like <laughs> Wraith King's Mortal Strike did get changed. Uh, or no, it wasn't that that got changed. It the was vampiric his, aura. Vampiric aura. I mean, his win rate went up by like five percent, which is pretty nutty. Yeah. Uh, so Wraith King got significantly buffed. People just going for these heavy sustain builds and carries you can't really mess with. And that's that was kind of like the life stealer of last patch, and now we're seeing yep. that in the form of like Wraith Kings and Spectres this patch. So. Those are my major breadwinners for the heroes. You're talking about sustain uh, quite a bit. And, you know, a hero that hasn't really gotten the, the limelight recently, but it feels like he keeps getting patches where it's slight buffs, slight buffs. And yet another one here with uh, Witch Doctor, the paralyzing cast, the oh. mana cost reduced, and then Death Ward no longer a balance limb, which is kind of crazy potentially when you think about it with the Scepter. Uh, that's, that's a crazy, that's a, you know, later game one. But point is, I, I wouldn't be surprised to start seeing some Witch Doctor as uh, one of the more go-to supports. He benefits from the headdress, especially because they made cast cheaper. So it's potential. I think the hero is a strong laner. It's just uh, I think he's situationally good against like strength off laners and stuff. Just because the Maledict yeah. really makes it tough for them to, to stay in lane. Plenty of changes. Plenty of changes. Again, you just kind of scroll through, and uh, I don't want to say every hero got changes uh, there, but uh, a majority of them certainly feels like got some uh got some good changes throughout so i definitely uh, check it out if you haven't yet and again we'll get some obviously we do got the we we save charity event going on right now as mentioned but you know take that how you will um i'm sure we'll have uh some more online tournaments specifically announced in the near future and we'll we'll get an idea of what we're looking at when it comes to uh this patch on the competitive level but exciting uh hey there's a lot of streams going on not of course yourself a bsj stream that you can you can check out uh I saw Fly. Fly started streaming today from from EG now, of course, formerly of OG there. And you got these. Nothing these, else to do. Yeah, well, exactly. That's my point. You got these big name players. Topson is now streaming again <laughs> pretty actively throughout this last week. He's been uh, hopping on and playing quite a bit and just casual two-time TI winner, just uh, getting back to a streaming day. So uh, it's, that's kind of, the, again, kind of a benefit of everything going on for spectators, at least getting that uh, – more personal side to to a lot of these players and get to see their streams going on so 
Uh, yeah, again, we are running a little bit longer here, but uh, one thing we did want to dabble into a little bit, so not to take too much time, but made me reminiscing a little bit as far as uh, some broken changes that have happened throughout uh, throughout the, the history, throughout time that we've been playing the game, been a part of it. Um, I, I'll, I'll just start it right off the bat. Me, I really came into the scene uh, right before 7.0 came out, and so obviously that was very significant with the whole talent trees and everything. Um, so kind of a general one was the idea of reduced respawn time talents. Oh uh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> when that was a thing right off the bat and a lot of heroes had it. And there was a couple that came to mind that were absolutely insane with it. Lena, uh, Lena was definitely one of them with the, especially with the, the bloodstone there. And then you had a uh, Venomancer was another one with the response. There's, there's some crazy stuff. Lone Druid was abs- yeah. sniper 2.0 as he was called at that point, certainly way too powerful. And that got tweaked, but obviously those are very significant changes and it's understandable. We had some broken stuff at the time, but yeah, the respawn time uh, on talents, uh, maybe an oversight there. And that was, that was taken away in the, in the future, but also, uh, the shrine creation outside of base that was available. Oh my in god! Yeah. So like, you'd be in the off lane. I'd be like a legion. I'd spam five overwhelming odds in the first two minutes, and then go shrine up real quick. And what carry could ever survive that? You know, that was just you just got obliterated as a carry for that entire patch for that just because of shrines. <clears throat> I thought that was a pretty general change that was just broken. Shrines and, in uh, the base too. <laughs> Remember, they were oh, also yeah, in the you're base. You're trying to push high ground, and there's just five <laughs> shrines. Then they made it three. Then they made it zero. It's like, you know, pretty quickly realized that games are going for sixty minutes just because you couldn't, just because the enemy team had a free fountain, yeah. you know, outside of their, right next to their tier threes. Pretty silly. What uh, about you? Any? Yeah, I always think about heroes on release. You know, I think of Centaur had like a sixty-eight percent win rate when he got released. I think of Earth yep. Spirit when he had a stun on his pole, so you could just be mid laner spirit level three pull the guy to stun him roll on top of him and kick him into your <laughs> and kick him into your tower mm-hmm. uh that was pretty funny stuff i think of monkey king on release where jingu didn't go away oh you know man. these are all the heroes where i'm like in our pubs we all know <clears throat> and remember how annoying they were to deal with for the first month or two that they were released i think centaur is still my most broken to ever be released uh in terms of his actual balance i think of troll uh 6.83 you know that hero was nutty they actually nerfed his ultimate going into 6.83 prior to 60 6.83 his ultimate which was the one that gave attack speed to all of his That's allies right, yeah used to be 10 second duration 20 second cooldown <laughs> and, like they ended wow. up making it before they changed it to the current one it, they ended up finalizing it at 35 second cooldown five second duration or whatever and it was a fifty percent uptime that you just spammed. You know, you just spam. You you'd take a you'd win a fight. Their base was gone. Like you know, if your whole team had one hundred and eighty attack speed, fifty percent uptime. See, that was right that before I came into Dota two. I because I I constantly heard about it, it was the Troll Warlord Sniper meta, right? Yeah. And you, you would go with a sniper, and so that makes sense. Your your base would just fall apart in no time. Yeah, it actually was seven seconds in that patch. Like it was prior to that patch where no. Uh, there was just a period of time where heroes like Troll, nobody played them. You know, we finally got to the point, it's like a TI-8 when Necro got spammed, you know, every single game. Prior to TI-8, Necro had never seen play. So he was broken beyond belief, but nobody realized it. You know, yeah. uh, same with Troll prior to 6.83. He even got slightly nerfed on his ultimate going into that patch. 
and he was still beyond busted. And I mean, that was also the time where I was spamming Huskar and his passive gave you 99% magic resistance at lower HP. My test I remember I did back then was I had an, a Skywrath Mage on WTF mode spamming you with ultimates and E-Blade and his silence. Like he was literally just spamming his ultimate on top of you and you would not die as Huskar if you had your heal activated. Like you would just <laughs> wouldn't die. Uh, which was, I mean, every spell just does 1% damage. So, uh, and people weren't even picking Huskar back then. They didn't even realize how broken Huskar was. He actually got nerfed and then people started picking him which is just funny because it, it, it's crazy how, you know, viewers and stuff will say like, hey, this hero is completely busted. Why does nobody pick him? And sometimes high-level players just don't pick they the hero. They've never really they tried are, it, yeah. Yeah, they've never actually given it a shot because if there's no information to play off of it, it's kind of contagious and infectious at the highest level. The minute one player starts wrecking everybody with it, everyone's just going to start playing it. And if nobody yeah. started playing it, then you end up with these heroes that just get buffed to oblivion because, you know, Ice Frog is like, well, this guy hasn't been picked for the entirety of the last year. Give him a shot. And then, <laughs> wait a minute, you know, suddenly this hero's first pick, first ban, every pub, every competitive match. And, and uh, you know, those are the heroes that have stood out to me over the course of time because it, it goes from being not picked at all, you know, to being one of the most broken heroes in the entire game. So it's yeah. a very fascinating dynamic that Dota presents for that. It's been some fun times over the years uh, when it comes to all these patches, and yes, there, there's been some some broken things that have happened, but that's just uh, that's just the fun of it, right? That's the flavor of it, and you kind of just adapt and adjust, and, and not only as a player, but of course, eventually they do as well on their side. So, I think that's good, though. I think that, that was fun to to kind of reminisce a little bit, think back. Um, I think we're good to start wrapping it up for the week. Uh, definitely a, a yeah. good length show here that we had. So, BSJ as always. Any anything else? Any last words? No, I think we've said enough, and uh, it's nice to talk about the positives of everything going on right now. And uh, look forward to seeing what the world looks like in about a week. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see you next week. We, we don't know what where things are going to be at then, but no, we'll, we plan we plan to be back obviously, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll have something fun to discuss at the very least, and uh, we'll we'll let you guys know what's going on. So. From myself, BreakyCBK, join my BSJ. By the way, guys, uh, hit that follow button. Also, sub if you can to the channel. If you would like to use that Prime sub, it does uh, help support the Prediction Esports podcast in general. Us being part of that, obviously. So I really do appreciate all follows and even subs to the channel. Again, BreakyCBK, joined by BSJ. Have a good night. We'll see you next week. Until then.